Zeit ist in der Kleinstadt Winden ein Junge auf mysteriöse Weise verschwunden. Guten Abend an alle da draußen. Ihr hört Radio Winden, Winden's number one radio station since 1953. We're turning it over to the Dark Three, only on Radio Winden. Hello and welcome to Radio Winden. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi, good morning. Good morning. morning. As previously mentioned in our Nietzsche episode, today we're going to be talking about the unknown. Yeah. We have a couple big emails regarding our unknown episode. So we're going to start with one from Ryan. Uh, It's a bit of a scathing one. (laughs) So that's what we're going to do. Gentle scolding. Yes. All right. Okay, so this email comes from Ryan. The title of the email is, I thought you fucking hated Hannah. (laughs) (laughs) And then the unknown came to Windentown. Oh, Oh my gosh. Hi, Ryan. (laughs) Hi, Ryan. Oh, boy. (laughs) So Ryan says, you asked for feedback. Otherwise, I honestly might not have written this. I have many podcasts I've listened to lovingly for years, and I've never written fan mail for any. So you obviously rank highly. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Is this like the sandwich? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) You'll hear in a second. (laughs) This is the compliment before the smackdown, is it? Yeah. Please excuse the length here. I labored over each word, and it's all in the highest praise of you three. Okay. Hit me, Ryan. Let's go. Because I've grown to love, love, love your work so much, in a bizarre way, it honestly hurt my own feelings to not like an episode or to like it less than others. Oh, wow. Like I was somehow insulting your efforts. I've listened to literally every word of each episode you've produced, minus part of the grief one, but that's personally on me. Mm. But this one left me rattled. I didn't love season three as much as one or two, nor the unknown. But I obviously had milder feelings for both than you did. In fairness to you three, I chewed on it for a few days, talked with my wife, who has still not watched the series, (laughs) and warned me off sounding like a psycho by responding like a weirdo by email to a podcast, listened to this episode again in its entirety. And my thoughts now come in threes. Yes. As a professional teacher, you learn to give critique sandwiches. The critical stuff thinly (laughs) sliced and dressed between two loving buns. Mm -hmm. For what it's worth, you'll find the same here. (laughs) 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 I loved your alternate endings in ascending order to preferred. One, the origin remains unknown. Mm. Two, Adam kills Martha because he can never stop loving her. And three, Tanhouse loses his children and learns to live with the pain. Does Regina live here too? Dot, dot, dot. Oh, So what left me feeling glum about this episode was that you hated the character, but even in the past, if you didn't like a character, ahem, Hannah, (laughs) you at least gave the character the time of day. Yep. In a previous episode, you dropped the theory of the unknown being the Minotaur, and I was super excited to hear more. But here you focused your own apocalypse for over 40 minutes on the tropey plot device you found him slash them to be, but didn't actually say much about what he was or represented. Or attempt much guess at off-scene plots or con- conversations, as is one of your greatest entertaining strengths. You faulted the unknown parts of the unknown for things you've celebrated with others being unknown or unseen. Maybe you thought it was too weak to even explore, and thus it seemed conscientiously chosen as a lens for all the dislikes of the series. 
While you still expressed a lukewarm respect for creative choices, though, PB, I think you went full two middles up, (laughs) didn't really even honor what was rather than what you wished would have been. Three items I wish you might have explored more about the unknown. One, his age difference slash relation to Adam. To my recollection, Adam never meets the unknown face to face, only wants to kill it. This presents problems. If Marta gave birth to this fella at 17 or 18, there's always this age difference. I'd say his mid-age self is 35-ish, making her 53. Okay for the desert version of Marta, maybe. But Afa is in her mid to late 70s. The old unknown looks older to me than 65. I have a theory that he outlives her by a bit. The last entry in the Triketra journal is, I am left to die alone. I am mm-hmm. my sole judge, me, according to the Dark Fandom Wiki. Would this mean that he outlives Adam, too? If Ava's younger self finds her body, as she suggests, we never learn what would have happened to Adam. With all the foreknowledge, did the Minotaur actually slay Theseus? A part of me entertained, why didn't Ava send him to kill Adam before, thereby preventing all suffering while preserving the loop? But it was demonstrated earlier with Noah that he couldn't die. He, at least until killed, her old self as always happened, then silence. Off-screen wire strangulation firmly and finally brightening the red thread around Adam's neck with threads of piano wire. Yes. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Ooh. We we got to stop there. So I yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. I think that the reason we didn't go heavy on the Minotaur exploration is because we already talked about it being a potential theory. But I like the idea that the unknown kills Adam because we. you're right. We never see the original we only see the breaking of the loop we don't see what normally happens when it repeats so i dig that i think that's a really cool thought i just wanted to say i like that i think that's badass yeah i think it's talked about or at least hinted at in the show what happens Mm -hmm. when the loop is not broken and that's younger martha comes in to find ava dead Mm -hmm. killed by adam's hands and takes up the mantle and becomes ava so at least that's, I think, how it's always run. I don't know if Adam has ever met the unknown, but the age thing is is one thing I briefly brought up in our conversation. That's the thing that bothers me the most, because I don't know when there would have been time for the unknown to age, to have that age gap in the first place. And then in that in his relation to like Marta's age, like we don't we don't know how that works. And I feel like that's a pretty important thing in a show that talks about. The different ages of people and how they get to the next Mm-hmm. 33 year gap you know what i mean like you don't cover that at all with the unknown so you don't know how we got to be the three entities walking around yeah which could be part of why they call him the unknown it could be a choice they made that they didn't want there to be anything around the unknown but personally i'm really tired of the pregnant woman and the whatever she's carrying is the evil unknown thing trope i fucking hate it yeah I think that's the root of our anger. I'm so fucking over it. I'm <laughs> over it. Yeah. Yeah. For a show that was like so forward thinking in that regard, it was just personally, it was just disappointing. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Is that going to be number two, Mercs? Yes, it is. Yeah. Ooh, yeah okay. All right. <laughs> PB is ahead of the curve today. <laughs> Marta's pregnancy and love for her child. You're much more versed in sci-fi and feminism than I, but I did not have many concurring thoughts as you in that I didn't actually think of incest nor the pregnancy as the unnatural crime, nor blame it on her. Actually, the contrary, that the unnatural part was instead blending of the worlds, as in Ghostbusters don't cross the streams, and that even Charles Manson had a mother. 
You seem to suggest Marta was relatively blameless throughout, but while this awful character was not necessarily her doing, but that in an enviable way she loves him nonetheless, and he's an odd symbol of love for all, hers for him, and the vehicle for love for others by maintaining life and the cycle. Does she love him? I mean, she keeps him around. There Doesn't she hug him at one point? Isn't there like a moment between them? Yeah. The unknown hugs young Martha when she was first introduced to him as her son. Mm. And Ava, like you said, kept him around and seemed to be doing all of this for him to keep him alive. But you don't see the same kind of affection that you would expect. Yeah, for sure. Yes, he's terrible, but he's the pure evil in the light's cloak, just as others. Noah, sorry, murdering priest. Yep, totally. Are cloaked in good, but doing evil. Mm -hmm. Even though it's a German show in Spanish, da la luz means to give birth or to give the light. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we see that. We see Noah. Yeah. Like his journey. Yeah. 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 You're with him. You understand him. We don't see anything about the unknown other than that he murders. Yeah. So where are we supposed to grab that character info from? It really feels like, and the the only thing that satisfies me when I think about it is that they really wanted a monster. They wanted a minotaur and that's it. They didn't want you to connect. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That's the only way I can like rectify it in my brain. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it really just feels like a plot device and that's incredibly disappointing. As for Martha loving, I don't see that. I don't feel that. I don't see it in the dialogue. But that's a general complaint I had about season three as well, is that there was a lot of exposition and not a lot of connecting between any of the characters. So it's possible that we would have had it had this had they had more time because I did feel like it was a bit rushed. Mm -hmm. Oh, one final thought about number two. This whole show is about parents and children and generational trauma. So, yeah, in that the unknown in Marta relationship makes sense, but the emotional connection you have to them in that relationship that they share doesn't get built up. And I think that's where my disappointment comes in because yeah. after watching two seasons of literally these characters trying to move heaven and earth for their children because you've seen their relationship and their love for them, mm -hmm. you then get a character who's moving heaven and earth for her child, mm -hmm. but you don't see that life with them. You don't even understand because it seems like just a monster, a minotaur, a plot yeah. device. Yeah. And so I think that's also where my frustration with the pregnancy thing comes in because it's like, the pregnancy becomes such a big part of the plot. It's the pregnancy that's part of the plot. Yeah. It's just the pregnancy. Yeah. It's not motherhood. Yeah. It's not something to be explored and celebrated like with the other characters. And so because of that, at least as a woman, it feels exploitative, I guess. Like mm -hmm. Marta's body was being exploited for the plot for this ending that Adam was cooking up. And that mm -hmm. as a woman is very uncomfortable because it means your body's not your own. You don't get to choose what happens to it. And in Mergle's words, you turn into like a broodmare. You yeah. just are a vehicle to bring a child into the world. And it cuts away any autonomy you have as an individual person who happens to be female. Yeah. That's like the main sci-fi trope too, right? Yeah. Is that there is no regard for her. It's just like, oh, we're going to make her pregnant with an alien or with a monster. And now her existence in the story, she's no longer a character. She's now a catalyst for another character, a male character's narrative and his goal and his end goal, which is Adam's. 
she instantly stops being a person and starts becoming part of the plan. Yeah. Yeah. Which, to be fair, he does that with a lot of other characters. Like, he does that with a lot of characters, but there's just a certain way to do it in which you still feel for the character and you still... There's just a way to do it that's not tropey, I feel like. Yeah. And I remember, Mergs, you texting me in season two, Mm -hmm. the first time they show her stomach. She texted me being like, please don't tell me they're going to do the fucking pregnant trope. (laughs) Yeah. She messaged me and I was like, everything else is so good. I really don't think they're going to do it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think we can look at Hannah's pregnancy as a really good example of how to introduce a pregnant character Mm -hmm. in the show and have that pregnancy be part of the narrative and that child be part of some sort of plot moving forward. Celia is a very big character Um, and the show the show handles Hannah in that way very respectfully, but it goes back to like, I don't know if you've watched X-Files, so I don't want to spoil anything. Oh, I haven't finished it yet. Does someone get pregnant in X-Files? Yeah, some, oh, someone no. gets pregnant in X-Files and it's... It's her, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and it's just, oh, no. it's like a, it, t- it occupies like a period of... Oh, because she got pregnant in real life, right? I think so, yeah. She did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. The most recent example other than this show that I can think of is, well, actually, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to spoil anything that anyone hasn't seen. But yeah, there's just lots of it. I was thinking Prometheus. Yes, that's what I was going to say. I was going to say Prometheus. I was enjoying Prometheus so much until one particular part. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's just like if you watch it back, man. It's yeah. Yeah. It's it's bad. Just through every sci-fi, honestly, it feels like every sci-fi that has a woman in it. It's a full trope. <laughs> Look it up. Look it up, man. Holy shit. Splice does it too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really big trope that you can look into. And it's just like when you've seen it over and over and over again, and then you've fallen in love and then it rears its ugly head in the show that you love. How can you not be fucking horrifically disappointed? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's true. But despite all of that, like, I still love the show. I still think it ended really well. It's still one of my I still decided to sit down and dedicate how many hours to a podcast to it. So in that way, I feel like in our own way, we sandwiched our disappointment in between all of this love. (laughs) Yeah. It's just not particularly that episode. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we're going to go off again and disappoint Ryan even more. So continue. (laughs) Number three, the incestuous piece. On the podcast, it seemed cool to have Jonas and Marta consensually frolicking if that's what the heart wanted. Mm -hmm. Now, it seems to me that Marta coldly and functionally might have sent the unknown through time to perpetuate the cycle by having Mm -hmm. relations with our double agent, Agnes. Yep. In other terms, his great-great-grandmother, where you've previously suggested assault. Trant consensually did the same with his second great-grandmother, Claudia. And finally, another cause celebre for liberality turns out to be Agnes in an oral act with even known to her own second great-grandmother, Doris. Side note, Hunky Noah is also having sex with his own granddaughter to birth his daughter. Hunky Noah. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan. (laughs) I love you. Uh, Ryan has written us in the past and was like, what is wrong with you? about Noah and our love for Noah so I appreciate that it's always good to be checked it's pretty yucky when you say it that way yeah well also I can't get out of my head that he picked Elizabeth's boyfriend at the time to get rid of like that's fucked up man yeah 
Like of all the things he did, which there are a lot, you know, murdering kids and whatnot. Fuck, man. Didn't we say that it was Adam, though, that Adam sent yeah. him out to do these things and he didn't realize? Maybe, but like he still. No, right. Remember, because in the Adam or the Noah episode, we discovered that he got those orders after he left. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth. and Cl- yep. Yeah. 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 All right. So Ryan says three promises I'll make to the dark three. Mm hmm. To watch season three again with your more critical eye than I did before, especially for the unknown. Mm-hmm. Number two, to keep listening. I can't wait to hear your next episodes about Nietzsche and time travel. My friend produces a podcast called The Sleeper Hit, where I'll soon be interviewed about my own fascination with time travel. But I'm postponing till I hear your episode about it to make me smarter. Smiley face. I'm also <laughs> going to plug your podcast there. Oh, fuck yeah. That's, that's nice. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, I'll try at least once on your behalf to contact the writers of Dark on your behalf oh, and get God, them no. to be interviewed for oh, the no. best damn podcast oh, on the internet. Oh, my God. God. I oh, know God. you have your 33 episodes planned, but maybe wiggle room if that happens. Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Dude. <laughs> I mean, yes. Holy Can shit. we delete uh, our last episode, yeah. though? Can we delete yeah. the unknown episode <laughs> before we do that? Maybe yes, we just mean- take it down. <laughs> it's it's buried so deeply. Just take it down and and put it put it up again as like so i didn't really like the unknown thank you for listening <laughs> yeah can we re-record it we're like yeah you know now that we think about it unknown was a great add-on to season three <laughs> yeah no because i don't want to lie but i would love to hear what they have to say about it yeah i would because i i just need to know you know like was it something that they didn't have time to fully explore is there an answer like it's possible that i'll sit down with them and they go yeah we didn't want you to know anything we wanted yeah. him to be a monster and we wanted him to frustrate you and that was it in which case sure yeah yeah they could honestly own us and i would be satisfied with that yeah I'd be okay with that, but it doesn't yeah. feel like that because the rest of the show never did that. So I'm left feeling like uncertain about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. I fucking love Ryan <laughs> right now. I, yeah. Ryan, yeah. I say no. you so hard. Thank you so much for emailing us <laughs> about you. this, by the way. Yeah, me too. I wish that Ryan was in the living room with us when we were like ranting and then just went yeah. off on us. Like, excuse yeah, like, me. You guys made me care about Hannah and I went on this journey with you. But then when we get to the unknown, you're just going to drop me. <laughs> yeah. you're just gonna you made me care about Hannah. But you just did to me what what Dark did to you. Where yeah. like the whole time it was one way. That's why we called it the season three of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> This is Ryan oh. season three of his emails to us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so podcast. fucking good. It's so good. I love it. Oh, oh, okay. To be fair, he's right, though. I didn't really. Yeah. I mean, I gave I feel like I gave the unknown a fair shake because I finished season three and I got. I have, <laughs> I have to be honest with you. <laughs> I gave them the time of day and I feel like that was. <laughs> I was so furious. I almost stopped watching the show. And then I was like, no, bitch, hang in there. They have to have something planned. You got to go. And I finished it and was like, that was fucking great. And I looked after our labyrinth and I was like, oh, he's the Minotaur. Okay. He's supposed to be monstrous. But that's really the only thing that sat with me that I was like, okay. But nothing else really was satisfying or made sense to me in a a way. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I tried. (laughs) I just didn't have the answers, I guess. Yeah. 
same with me because I didn't, I watched season three the first time when it first came out, we've done the podcast mm -hmm. and in anticipation of the unknown episode, I watched it again. So even after yeah. all the discussion, all the research that we've done, it yeah. still rubbed me the wrong way. And I still got so frustrated watching season three because yeah. all the things that we loved and the things that we've been talking about, I felt like wasn't there in the same way that I was expecting. Yeah. And like, I'm sorry, but you made me feel conflicted about so many shitty people. Mm -hmm. Ryan's right. Like I felt so conflicted with Katarina and her mother. Like that was the most traumatizing thing I've ever seen on TV for me watching her mom beat her with a rock, but then knowing that's what happened to her mother as well. Like it's, it's, it's a show about generational trauma. It's fine to have a pregnant character carrying the unknown, but show me their relationship a little bit, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Like if it's all supposed to lead back to Tan House and that feeling of wanting to do anything, sacrifice anything for your child, mm -hmm. show me that Marta. But right now you're not showing me that. What I got more was Marta's Adam can't win. Uh -huh. Yeah. Then I'm doing everything for the love of my child. I didn't exactly. feel that. Yeah. As a viewer. I think also like we were able to make these conjectures on these other characters, like their backgrounds and things mm -hmm. that maybe weren't featured in the show because the original writing was so strong. And I feel like it gave us something. It gave us something to attach to. Like, I think your point, Ryan, about what was going on with Adam and like, did the unknown kill Adam and all that stuff? That's so cool. And like, just the idea that maybe the unknown was completely by himself for a period of time yeah. because he was like, I'll die alone. And just this idea that maybe he needed to connect his other versions of himself in order to like live because he felt so isolated from every, you know, we could go on that sort of tangent. I love that. When does the cycle end then? When the unknown dies? Yeah, that's the question. Maybe. Exactly. See, yeah. that's so cool. But like, I didn't get that from the show. Yeah. And I yeah. felt like it was difficult to stretch out from what they gave us yeah. um, with the unknown. But I, I do yeah. totally agree that like when your email came in, Ryan, I read it and I was like, okay, fair. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay. And I like messaged the girls being like, um, okay, so we got a really scolding email, but it's kind of fair, I guess. Cause like yeah. the amount of leaps and jumps that I think we did on the Hannah episode really established that we were going to be able to do that. That we would be willing to do it. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's true. That's true. And we, but I just, I guess we need somebody. We need the Ryan in the room, right? We need yeah. the person uh -huh. yeah. that's willing to fight for the. And to be fair, even with Hannah, yeah, we did it because we got an email where someone was yes. like, I fucking love Hannah. And we were like, all right, we're committed. We got to give Hannah a full shake. But there wasn't that's a, true. There wasn't a Ryan in the room for this situation. We all felt the same way. So, yeah. Thank you, yeah. Ryan, and I for being the Ryan in the room. <laughs> That's, yeah, exactly. We're saying that now. It's, <laughs> yeah. now it's, it's, just, it's a thing. <laughs> the Ryan in the room. The well, Ryan in the room. Honestly, I feel like, you know, I even pushed myself on the Nietzsche episode. I just like I worked so hard on the Nietzsche episode to like be fair, you know. Um, and so I felt like when I read this, I was like, OK, I get it. That's fair. We didn't we didn't really yeah. do that for the unknown. But yeah, um, but right. we're, doing yeah, we're doing it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go, go, go. Yeah. So please love us again, Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ryan says, thanks again for all you do. This was not the season three of the podcast. Aww. As for me, it's one salty drop in an otherwise spectacular ocean. Aww. Best regards, Ryan. Aww, so thank you God. so much, Ryan. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Also, Ryan's a teacher in the Netherlands. The Netherlands mm -hmm. has like the coolest school system ever. 
Yeah. I, I watched like a documentary about it and just the way they approach education is just like incredible. Mind blowing. Yeah. yeah. That's super cool. Well, his email was very, very wonderful. Yes. So I would love to be, t- well, we just got schooled by, we just got schooled yeah, by Ryan, we did. I'd say. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we can say. We got our teacherly critique mm-hmm. of our essay. We got our notes. Uh-huh. It wasn't an essay. It was a rant. And that's the yeah, problem, it isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. 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 All right. Didn't we get another well, one that was like, we, yeah, we love the unknown? Okay. All right. Go. Okay. So <laughs> our next email comes from Holly. Hello, Holly. Hi, Holly. Holly has emailed us uh, a bunch. So hopefully we can get to more of Holly's emails because they're all great. In this one, making a case for the purpose of the unknown. Yes. I found particularly particularly interesting let's do it hello dark three hello hi oh in your most recent episode on the unknown and other criticisms of the show you talk about how there is no purpose to the unknown and that their part could have easily been replaced with claudia i need to respond to this because it is directly related to a pseudo essay that the back of my brain has been trying to write for the past two weeks okay (gasps) oh my god all right go on (laughs) I haven't been able to actively work on researching and organizing my thoughts into any coherent form yet, so it's all over the place, but I want to share the overall points of my analysis to get your thoughts, since I respect the insight all three of you bring to your conversations. Holy shit. Yes. A note on my background before stepping into this. I was raised Catholic, but Mm -hmm. have been an atheist for half of my life. I have a degree in philosophy because I plan to pursue further education in religion, but didn't for various reasons. I'm currently back in school to become a funeral director, which is unrelated, but I want to brag about it. That's super cool, <laughs> That's dude. That's super That's awesome. That's so cool. That's so cool. Mad respect for the trade. <laughs> yes. Where I do have some basic religion classes, all of this is to preface that my thoughts regarding the religious aspects of this show are entirely my own analysis, and I'm not attempting to speak on behalf of any religious faith's doctrines or beliefs. Got it. Disclaimer. Okay. Yes. Let's go. Solid. (laughs) Okay. So to start, we all know that there are a ton of Christian themes and symbols in this show, Mm -hmm. the biggest being Adam and Apha, Mm -hmm. which you talked about in one of your early episodes. What you didn't talk about, or if you did, it was very brief that I don't remember it, is the similarities with Buddhism. I believe that all three of you have said that you were raised on a Christian foundation. So if you're not familiar with Buddhism, the simple explanation taken from Wikipedia is to overcome suffering caused by desire or craving, attachment to a static self, and ignorance of the true nature of reality. I mean, overcoming suffering caused by desire? Jonas and Marta having sex and giving birth to the unknown was purely based on desire, thus perpetuating the cycle of suffering. Overcoming the static self? Buddhists do not believe in a soul. Rebirth to Buddhism is not the same as depicted in most Western media where your soul is reincarnated and you are the same person you were before, but without those memories. That brings a bit of a different feeling to the final scene where Hannah says she always liked the name Jonas. Yeah. Overcoming the ignorance of the true nature of reality. This is literally the plot throughout the entire show. Yes, it is. Learning time travel is real, then that there are alternate worlds, then accepting that their worlds aren't even natural. There are other concepts from Buddhism that we see throughout the show, the most obvious being the endless cycle of rebirth until nirvana is attained. Did you know that nirvana quite literally translates to to blow out? Like how the physical bodies of Jonas and Marta, Adam and Ava, and whoever else is shown in that final montage turn to dust and blow away. I'm so happy, but also so disappointed. This is my load for the finale episode, by the way. Oh my God. I'm excited that it's come up, but also I'm like, 
You were sitting on it and you were excited about it. I was sitting on it and I was excited (laughs) about it. So it's okay. All right, continue. I just had to say that. I had to get it out. Yeah. There are some other parts of comparison that I'm still working on, but that covers the major similarities. Okay, so now back to the unknown. The unknown is the offspring of Adam and Ava and has two main roles to fulfill, being the origin of the incestuous family knot and committing murder. In the Christian Bible, Adam and Eve have two sons, Cain and Abel. Cain commits murder when he kills his brother, then is exiled by God and starts his own family line. The similarities are uncanny. You could even say that the unknown has his own mark of Cain in the form of the cleft lip. I mean, I I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I'm not so sure how I feel about that either, but I have no answer. I just, that makes me feel a little uncomfortable. All right, continue. So to bring all this together, I posit that Dark's narrative is actually a story of Buddhism overcoming Christianity, with Adam and Eva's worlds representing Christianity. Adam and Eva are so stuck on the idea of duality, good and evil, light and shadow, that they are unable to look for another answer or solution, and no matter what they do, the suffering continues. Their son, the unknown, represents Cain, and by extension, all of mankind. Claudia, being the person who figures out the real origin and what needs to be done to end the suffering, is on the path to enlightenment, with Nirvana being reached when Jonas and Marta save Merrick, Sonia, and Charlotte. This is why the plot needs the unknown to exist, and not have Claudia be responsible for everything, because we can't have the same person be responsible for all the suffering and be the one to end all the suffering. So that's what I've been thinking about 24-7 for the past two weeks instead of work or school. I'd love to hear what the three of you think so far. Yeah, so that's incredible. Also agree with you on nearly all points. The only thing is that I don't necessarily think that it's the creators saying Buddhism over Christianity. I really think that the creators were looking at a lot of different philosophies and ways of life. And in the end, the reason why I think it would be cool if it was Claudia, because you can have the person responsible end it. That's the whole point of the show, that you are in control of your life. You can choose the best way forward. You can take all of the information. You can break the cycle. You can. Hannah says this. I don't believe in hell. Hell is what we create for ourselves. Like the show throws in a couple lines here and there where it's like they're trying to tell us, free yourself from your mind cage. You are you can do this. You can grieve and let it consume you or you can grieve and step forward. You can have both light and shadow in your life and still have a life worth living is kind of what I took from that. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think you necessarily need the unknown. And even if you did need the unknown, if this was correct and what they were trying to do, then that makes the unknown simply a plot device which I'm uncomfortable with. You need the unknown because we're trying to make this metaphorical statement, but we didn't give enough time to the unknown for us to feel anything for the unknown. Then the unknown is simply there just to make sure the symbolism lines up. And I don't think that that's in a show that has done so much. I just, it just feels like they wouldn't do that. That's not satisfying to me. If the unknown is simply there to be a plot device, I don't like it. That's where I stand on that front. But as far as the like Buddhism and exploring that kind of spirituality. Oh, I'm with, I'm with you 100%. Yeah. I keep thinking back to what we read from the creators and how they just read stacks of books on different topics of religion and spirituality and science and just Yeah. It makes sense to me that something as integral to Buddhism made it into the show in the way that they structured these things like overcoming suffering and desire, overcoming the static self, overcoming the ignorance of the true nature of reality, 
I definitely feel like that is tied in just like the Christian narrative and the Christian symbolism. Mm -hmm. I don't know either if it's a matter of one overcoming the other because there's so much duality in this show. I think yeah. it's more the coexistence that's explored. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I do think there's something to be said about hermeticism takes a lot or is very yeah. similar to a lot of Buddhist principles. So it could be that the duality that they were trying to show was actually hermeticism versus Catholicism or Christianity because the, they historically fought. So it could be that, but also it's it's hard to ignore that hermeticism shares a lot and maybe even took a lot. I'm not sure which came first, the chicken or the egg in that regard. I think that it's important to kind of note that because it, it, it they share a, a lot. It's a, a lot of the same ideas, but samsara, from Buddhist philosophy is an endless cycle of worldly ties that you're doomed to repeat and you're doomed to repeat the same choices for eternity until you recognize the illusion of self and you break free from it. Mm. It's hard. It's hard <laughs> not to recurrence. see the Yeah, it's hard not to see the parallels. Yeah. Um, I also have a, a comment here that I was going to read, but I'll just read it now. A person lives three lives. The first ends with loss in naive naivety. The second with the loss of innocence, the third, with the loss of life itself. It's inevitable that we go through all three stages. So I think this loss is the early Jonas that we see at the beginning, after his father's death, when he searches for answers. That loss of innocence is Jonas when he sees Marta killed and becomes broken, then later bitter and angry. The loss of life is Adam's final days, when he accepts the way things are and finally lets go. I think the reason we're meant to see Adam is as bad is because he represents death in that cycle. He represents that we are all marching towards our death and there's literally nothing we can do to change that. That's something almost all of us are terrified of. Jonas's journey, in a sense, could represent coming to terms with mortality and accepting things just the way they are. Fucking random. Yeah. So good, but also really, really, really good for what yeah. I think dark is. In in the way that it's layered with stuff like that, I think that that's 100% an aspect of Adam. Yeah. It's even an aspect of Marta. It's an aspect of that that end game where it's like death waits for us all. It will come and claim us in the end. And it's why Marta says, do you think they'll remember us? Because she's ready to face death. She's facing death. That's what it's about. Tanhouse couldn't face the death of his children. So yeah, it's 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 really, really, really cool. Yeah, that's crazy because when you think about that concept. Yeah. How much of our dislike of Adam is an ascribed morality to death and our understanding of like, yes, how much of that morality and that badness that we mm -hmm. give him mm -hmm. is through the filter of what we have decided is correct or right or wrong. Mm -hmm. the, even the light and shadow, the argument of light versus shadow, when in reality, there's no such thing. Yeah. You live and you die. You live and you die. That's it. You'd get both. Mm -hmm. crazy yeah there's another comment as well i agree thematically i would argue adam is in no way enlightened just because he seems to have a grasp on the mechanics of time and fate he may have knowledge but he does not demonstrate wisdom for one everything he does is pretty clearly for his own gain or power and i think this was before season three came out so mm. 
or finished anyway. So I'm going to give that the benefit of the doubt because I think it is revealed in season three that he is doing it really kind of for everyone. Yes, he's doing it for himself, but he's also doing it for every everyone to be released from this the hell uh, that he created for himself. Okay, coming from my own Buddhist perspective, where I see this less as a religion and more as a science. When a show starts taking on time travel, it's probably the best way to address the cycles of multiple lifetimes. Aspects of other shows lean into this territory. Normally, you can't just follow karma and life cycles in the time spans they really take. Trying to tell a story that spans hundreds of years is just too long and too complicated to depict effectively. I sort of agree with that. I think it's possible to do. Like I've played a video game that does this incredibly well, but it's hard for you to wrap your brain around that, I think, as a viewer, whereas you can look and go, oh, yeah, my grandma, I get that. I understand the generational trauma more easily than I understand one person living for so long or, you know, remembering what they've done and, and, and that. So back to the comment. No one wants to have to see a soul, for lack of a better word, go through six lifetimes of the same mistakes to finally have a breakthrough. Trying to show the interconnections of several lives that intertwine during that period would probably get too complex to even follow. But you can do all of that with time travel or, again, multiple dimensions of lives. And that is essentially what they do in Dark. They show that karmic and they even mention it multiple times throughout the show to show that the cycles are more than just time cycles. They're karmic cycles. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's really, really cool and very, very insightful. Sick. Yeah. I can't wait till next week because we're talking about time travel then. Yeah. Oh, oh, I think we're talking about Charlotte, right? Oh, yeah. Charlotte. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my Charlotte. God. I completely but forgot. Still. I was like still like thinking about my episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Charlotte. But yes, also there's uh, I mean, there's the talk of uh, of time travel as well. So, yeah. Yeah, true. It's going to be so good. But yeah. yeah. So basically... I fucking agree with everything that you're saying. I had a little secret folder about how I was going to talk about this for the finale. So now I'm just going to have to talk about something else. But I dig it. <laughs> I agree we with you. We can still talk about it in the finale. Oh, we will. We will. I'm just, I'm just memeing. But yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very good. And I agree with you on all points. Although I do, although the more and more I go back and I rewatch. So that's also, this is kind of neat that it's coming up now. Now you know why I dropped that video the last couple of weeks because I was doing mm. research on this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For the finale. And that's when it came up. So, yeah, I think that's really cool. The more and more research I'm doing on it, though, I'm seeing that hermeticism has a lot of the same ideas, the as above, so below kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm now wondering if it's as much Buddhism as it is hermeticism. Yeah, that's a great call out. Yeah. Because that was really like the crux of our whole conversation about hermeticism was mm -hmm. that realization of like, oh, my God, this is everywhere. Yeah. This is in every religion. It's in mm -hmm. like all of these major world philosophies. And it kind of blew our minds. So I agree. I think it might be closer to Christianity and hermeticism. But I, who knows hermeticism if it stole it from Buddhism? We don't know, you know, like right. we don't know yeah. what happened there. But it's hard to ignore that. There's also some like darker sides to Buddhism uh, philosophy that we can cover later as well. Cool. Yeah. But yeah, it's really, really good. Awesome. I wonder now how much of like the because Nietzsche was also in, influenced a lot by Buddhism, obviously, and mm -hmm. like eternal return and all that stuff is like some of his philosophies can be found in Eastern religions. So I wonder if like 
there actually wasn't that much Nietzsche in the show at all. It's just these originating thoughts. Yeah, they quote Nietzsche in the show. So I'm assuming that they did it on purpose. But I think Dark as a whole is talking about all of these philosophies and all of these ideas that exist, but they all come from us as a humanity. So like, I think it was very important for them to not just have one religious experience because it's supposed to kind of be almost existential in a way where you're looking back on your life and you're looking back at these cycles and some people include religion in their life and some people don't. And some people include a form of religion or a form of kind of ritualistic practice or something belief system that they have. And then some people have none at all. And I think they wanted to show all of these themes and then also have characters that believe one way and don't believe another way so that they had a kind of, I don't want to say a perfect blend, but they had a, they explored enough to give you not just one picture. And I I like that a lot. It's something I really appreciated about the show, to be honest. Holly says, I've sent you several emails already gushing about how amazing all three of you are. So while I will keep that to a minimum in this email, just know that every word I've said before is still true and you're all amazing. And my invisible pandemic friends who can't see or hear me, but hopefully know I'm out here listening. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Holly. Oh my God. Thank you so much. Thank you. We do know we we know that you're out there. Yeah. Yeah, and we appreciate every single one of you when we and yeah, can I just say to both of you, first of all, how scary I thought this after we finished wrapping the unknown podcast. I was like, no one's going to want to fucking email us after that. No one's going to want to to enlighten us on a difference of opinion after that rant. And then I felt badly because normally we said, you know, like even with Hannah, we were like, all right, we don't really like Hannah, but but change our minds, please. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just want to say kudos to the both of you for emailing us because when we weren't kidding, we did really want feedback. We did really want someone to potentially change our minds on, on the unknown or give us an alternate perspective because this is about a conversation and this is all of our, one of our, well, maybe our favorite show. And I'm speaking for, you know, the three of us, but also all of you out there listening. This is, it obviously means so much that you're here listening to episode number 20 something of a, of a podcast about a show that ended last year. You know, like, <laughs> So it, it obviously means something to all of us. So it really does feel like we are in a room having a conversation, but when we go away and we talk about the episodes we're talking about doing justice for all of you out there listening as well. Like, oh, we want to make sure that we're hitting on this so that people who are very excited about this character get all of these aspects. I know that there's people who fucking hate Charlotte. And I'm basically, I asked for Charlotte's episode because I was like, I have some personal experience I can bring to the table here and I can, I can talk about Charlotte. Yeah. Do people hate Charlotte? She doesn't have a lot of redeemable qualities in the show. She's pretty cruel to Peter. She's pretty kind of cruel and emotionally withholding of her children. And um, yeah, there's a lot of hate about Charlotte on the Internet. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. There's uh, there's some people who think she's a bitch. So I'm going to bat for Charlotte basically next week. Hell yeah. Yeah. But we do that. We do that for everybody. And to Ryan's credit, we didn't fucking do it for the unknown. So for that, I just want to go out and apologize that I didn't really... I still feel the same way. I don't feel like my opinion has changed too much, but I still should have maybe been a little less heated about it. I should have sat down and been like, this is the only way that I can really feel like 
closure with this character. Here are all the things that I didn't like about it. And in the end, I still don't think I like the guy. But I didn't even really do that. I just kind of shat on him for however long, an hour. (laughs) To be honest, all of us did. All of us felt the exact same way. I think a lot of it has to do with the the tropiness of it. I feel like just as somebody who loves sci-fi and has seen that fucking trope over and over and over again, when it came up, I just shut down. And I was like, okay, I don't care. Yeah. And also a little bit of the, I think the child actor having the constant sneer of evil on a face on a show that went so far to be like, no one is born evil. They really kind of threw that out the window with the unknown, kind of showing that young child unknown enjoyed the act of killing. And it just kind of felt like it went in a completely different direction to the rest of the show yep. where it didn't have that. So for me, it just rubbed me the wrong way. But I do appreciate the emails. I appreciate it so much. Yeah. yeah. We've talked about it before, I think in, even in the last episode, how we are more than happy to change our opinions mm-hmm. if presented with information that changes our opinions. Yep. Like we are more than happy to have that conversation. So I fucking love that stuff. Yes. Same. So thank you all for, for writing in and please continue to, but I, I think it's one of those things where even if information is provided, we don't change our minds. We still very much appreciate the perspectives because it's a completely different experience for other people listening. Yeah. Like with Ryan and with Holly. I got to say, Ryan could tell me I had cancer. That was like the best compliment critique sandwich <laughs> I've ever had. Uh-huh. Like, can Ryan, Ryan, can you just give me all of the bad news in my life? Can, can I just <laughs> give you that position? Sorry, dude. It, it was very, very good. Yeah. Thanks, Ryan, for that critique sandwich. I'm also I also feel like, you know, it's a good critique sandwich when you feel like so badly that we let Ryan down by like shitting on that was the that was Uh, the equivalent of I'm not mad. I'm I'm just just disappointed. disappointed. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Oh, God, it was good. Anyway, thank you. Now. Now we're just rambling about how thankful we are, but we do appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this Radio Winton. We hope that you enjoyed it. Again, if you want to email us and join our conversation, mm-hmm. you can email darkcompanionpod at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us at Radio Winton or individually. And we will see you next week for our main episode, which is Charlotte. Yay. Take care and have a great week, folks. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into Radio Winden. See you next time.